Hi, welcome to Speed Tribe. I'm Dr. Nathan Palai, and my goal here is to help you with your mental game when it comes to sports, with your sports psychology. I want to help you have that killer instinct for wins and that resiliency to come back from losses. But let me let you in on a little secret. I actually want to help you win at life. So when we talk about sports, it's really a disguise to help you win at life. Anyway, I love sports. I played sports all growing up, all sports. I love them all. By the time I made it to high school, I settled into running track and cross country. Part of the reason was because it was something my dad and uh, my dad was really into. I remember being in elementary school and he would go out on runs in the mornings and he would come home and I'd be there waiting for him, my shorts and shoes, and he'd take me for, a, for an end mile run and we'd come back. We could just bond over that. Um, by the time I got to, to high school, um, I was skinny, I was fast, and I was willing to suffer, so running was just a good place for me. But here's the thing about running. You run for a team, and you have the support of your team and the fans and the school, but it's really just all about you. You can't blame a bad pass or a missed block or anyone else. It's completely crushingly on you. Let me tell you about one experience I had um, in high school, early on in my track career. There's a race called the medley. It's kind of a weird race because the lengths are different. The first person runs a 200 meters, it's a half a lap on the track, and then they hand off the baton to the next person who runs another 200 meters. Then the next person runs one whole lap or 400 meters, and then they hand off the baton to the anchor leg, the final person who runs two laps or half a mile or 800 meters. Basically, since that's the longer lap, the whole race comes down to that last person. Not only in the race, but also it is one of the, the last scoring events of the meet. So if your team is at all close, uh, this race could swing the outcome of the, the, the meet for the whole team. All the pressure, all the pressure, all the pressure. Well, early on in my high school career, I, I had a good season. And I was an alternate for the anchor leg of the medley relay for the state championship meet. And it was the kind of the best of both worlds as far as I was concerned. I could get out of school, go on a little trip, flirt with cute girls at the meet, and not actually have to run. And I was pretty confident I wouldn't have to run. Because the guy in front of me was exceptionally talented. He would go on to become a collegiate All-American, run in the Olympic trials. He was very good, and so I wasn't stressing. But then my friend got into a battle in the 800-meter race that was right before the medley. He won the race in a gut-wrenching, lung-gasping sprint to the end that won him the race and set a new state record for the event. I remember going over there to congratulate him and tell him to get ready for his next race. But he was so exhausted that he only made it over by the rough gray brick wall of the bathroom where he collapsed. Still minutes after the race, he was just gasping for air, hurting. His shirt was off. I remember he had this scar on his stomach that was just moving up and down rhythmically as he gasped for breath. It's over by the, <laughs> the, the bathrooms. I still remember. Like this is overhydrated track athletes nervously going to pee all the time. The air kind of faintly smells like pee. And he just looks up at me as I'm in this moment and I'm expecting to be like, good job, go do it again. And he says, dude, I can't do it. You got to go, Nate. You'll do great. But here's the thing, I didn't feel great. I wasn't really mentally prepared for this. I was mentally prepared for doing some more flirting and having more fun and hanging out and watching him run really hard. I felt like I was gonna throw up and the race hadn't even started. 
But I grabbed my spikes and I made my way over to the pre-staging area that's called the bullpen to start my pre-race ritual. I was stretching, listening to some music, staring at the asphalt, shaking my thighs to loosen the muscles. And so help me in the summer heat of that tented bullpen, you can actually smell the anxiety. I promise there's an actual smell to the mixture of anticipation, fear of failure, and the deep, desperate desire to win. There's actually a smell. The air physically gets thicker, so help me. Well, then after that, that we made it out to the track. My teammates in the, uh, in the relay were all quoting rap songs and saying, let's go, let's get ready. Um, and the, the first guy gets up in the starting blocks. Uh, he's gripping the, the baton on the track. And the, they all get set. And you know how they all pop up, just ready, coiled energy. The gun goes off and my teammate just explodes out of the starting block, sprinting with that stiff, poppy, coiled energy of sprinters, all right angles and straight lines before turning into a churning cyclone of speed. He goes down the curve, uh, down the curve, down the straightaway, hands off to the second leg. Um, he sprints off, and by the time he hands off to the 400-meter uh, runner, we're in the lead. Now, 400 meters, it's one lap, and it's just a sprint, except unlike the 40-yard dash or the 100 meters, uh, where you sprint as hard as you can. You sprint as hard as you can, and then you just keep sprinting all the way around the track. It is a painful mess of a race. So the 400-meter runner turns down the final straightaway, and he's in the lead. Not a big lead, but a lead nevertheless. We are in position to become state champions. He passed me the, the baton, and I took off running with everything I had. I was sprinting for dear life with sheer panic, basically. But even though I thought I was flying, the other guys were all juiced up on the idea that this was the state championship, and they took off much faster than they normally would. The big stage, the excitement filled them up, juiced them up, and one after another I got past. Each person that passed me seemed to add weight to my shoes. I was running as fast as I could, and it hurt so much. My team was screaming and cheering, but it just seemed to be going slower. It was like I was running through pudding. Each step, I was letting my friends down who just gave every muscle fiber for their team. And I was letting my dad down. I was letting me down. I was sprinting for all that I had, but it just didn't seem like it mattered. My body hurt everywhere. Like I'd ran the fastest race of my career, but by the time I stumbled in, I was seconds slower than I had been all season. We didn't even place. My coach walked up, he's kind of a fiery guy, he took the baton out of my hands and coldly said, next time you're gonna choke this bad, let me know so I can put somebody else in. And then he turns around and walks off. I don't know if you've ever baked anything before and you see that plain chocolate cooking powder uh, sitting there and you're like, I like chocolate. And you're like, I'm gonna take a bite of this cooking powder. And you put it in your mouth and <laughs> it is not good at all. It's bitter, it's dry, it's hateful. Chocolate shouldn't be hateful. Well, that's how I felt at that moment, man. I wanted to win, but I really wanted to feel valued. I felt like this was my whole identity. This is who I was. I spent so much time every day trying to get better. All my friends were runners. I talked about it, I lived it, I loved it. When I do it, did good, I felt like the world was right. When I felt like at this moment, I knew that I just wasn't enough. I'd been weighed and measured and came up wanting. It, I, I wasn't enough. 
I was trying to do everything physically possible to make me better. I ate right things. I got good sleep. Heck, I went to bed at like 9 p.m. so I could get enough sleep and wake up early and start training again. And I was pushing my body to develop my capacity. Have you ever done 12 400 meter repeats? Some of you have where your mouth turns to 100% cotton, where every other thought is relentlessly driven from your mind by the circular motion of your feet and the gasping of your breath until just one ragged line from a song just plays on repeat in your mind. You know, like, I know I could treat you better. And you don't even know why that song, it just it just sticks it won't leave and it's just everything else is driven from your mind have you ever ran so hard you vomited or just dry heaved while you were trying to run have you ever run so hard that your body tries to shut down because you're pushing it to grow i did but it wasn't enough over the next years and decades i studied this carefully i even got a phd a doctorate degree studying leadership and change I wanted to know what made it so that people were more capable, what made it so that people could achieve more. And I came to discover that what I was doing um, physically was okay, but I wasn't training my brain like I was training my body. What I learned was that I could mold the way I think like I could practice shooting a basketball. And this recognition, this is not an overstatement, changed my life. It changed how I feel, it changed how I lived, and it changed how I compete. I'm telling you, the key to understanding this, the key to understanding training your brain, is something called the science of neuroplasticity. Now, that's just a fancy word of saying that your brain is like plastic. You know how if you warm up plastic, you can mold it or bend it or shape it? Well, you can shape your brain, you can train it. In essence, you can learn anything. You can learn how to be better at anything. Now, don't mishear me. This is not a magic pill. You don't just listen to this podcast and wave a wand and scatter some pixie dust and you'll be different, right? You have to practice with your mind just like you do with your body. But when you do, it works. It works dramatically and powerfully. It will transform your sports performance. And I don't say this lightly. It will change your life. This podcast will take you step by step through the very best of biology, neuroscience, psychology, leadership, sports performance, and even business research to help you do the work to learn. Now, this is almost a constant wrestle, especially at first, to wrangle your mind to go where you want it to go. But in time, it will become second nature to you. Now that I've learned these principles, I'm faster, I'm stronger, I'm better than ever before. But more important, I'm content, I'm happy, I'm resilient. So I'm putting this out there hoping you can break out and feel that freedom too. And one of the main reasons I'm doing this is because I have three kids. My oldest looks like me. He's 12 right now. Now, except that I have dark hair and more tan skin, and he is like the straight vanilla version of me, the ghost version of me. So white, you can see his blue veins on the underside of his arm. Not blonde hair, straight white hair. Uh, And he loves sports like I do. We play all the time. And can I tell you what I desperately want? I want when that boy is in the bullpen, when the air is thick with anxiety, I want him to be able to have his mind be on his side at that moment. I want to help him learn. I want to help him feel the freedom of capacity. And I want that same thing for you. And that's why I'm putting this out there. 
I'd love to have you along for the ride.、Uh, I'd love to, to help you out in any way I can. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a positive rating so others can find us. Welcome to the tribe. Go out and learn, go out and grow, go out and live. See you next time.